Boom. Hello and welcome to the Protector Nation podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to making the world a better place, making the world a safer place by making good people dangerous. In this podcast, we're going to study and understand what it takes to protect, to protect your family, to protect your loved ones, because we all know that you have a few basic needs, food, water, and shelter, but you also have the need to protect those things. In a world and society where evil runs rampant and is sometimes left unchecked, learning how to protect yourselves and your loved ones is becoming more and more important. And so we strive to raise the level of accountability to those who would do evil on this planet by making sure that the sheep, that the flock, is more well-versed in protecting themselves and their loved ones. If that sounds interesting to you, then sit back and enjoy the show. Out. Boom, what's going on you guys? Real quick, the Protector Symposium 4.0 is coming up. This episode is amazing. It's an amazing opportunity to talk about some of the things we will be training at the Protector Symposium 4.0. Entangled combatives, entangled combatives. That's what James is doing in this video. And I just wanna let you guys know, we will be in Florida October 1st through the 3rd studying just that with one of the best the best in my opinion instructor in the world when it comes to entangled combatives with regards to knife fighting and gun uh employment you know your ccw employment in that area so go to protectorsymposium.com and get your ticket while tickets last we will be hands-on inside cars human pressure learning how to actually draw your gun and implement it in the exact same type of situation, close to the same, the same type of situation that James is in in this scenario. So don't hesitate, get to protectorsymposium.com and get your tickets now. Uh, another thing you guys can take advantage of is our free training manual. We have a free training manual put together by all of the instructors we've had at the Protector Symposiums. This is your chance to get a tremendous discount uh, uh, on, on, on the Protector Symposiums, but first and foremost, to also get um, the free training guide we put together based on the things we've learned from some of the best in the world uh, with regards to personal protection. So no matter what your background, law enforcement, professional protectors, uh, civilians, go protectornation.com and get that free training manual now. But hopefully we can see you guys at the Protector Symposium and we can all train together uh, and you guys can get a digital ticket or an in-person ticket. That's protectorsymposium.com. All of it can be found at my website, Byron Rogers, R-O-D-G, rogers.com. Hope to train with you guys. We want to make the world a safer place by making good people more dangerous. Back to the podcast. Out. Boom. Boom. What's up, you guys? <laughs> What's going down, y'all? So we have another awesome episode um and it's such an honor i've read these books i've read his books growing up they've shaped a lot of you know the ideas and thoughts and considerations of many many warriors for many many years uh this episode is going to be special we are here with lieutenant colonel grossman how are you doing sir i am blessed out of my socks brother and, and i'm really tickled to be talking with you you know i'm I think right up front, what I'd like us to do is talk about the magnitude of the threat right now. Yes, sir. And how desperately the world needs the skills that you guys have to give. Not just for that protected 1%, but I'm such a fan of what you're doing with the idea of the protector nation and uh, and, and making good people more dangerous. I'm just such a fan of what you're doing. <laughs> and and, and I, I, uh, I want people to understand how desperately bad it is. And how badly they need what you have to give, uh, and uh, and so let's, let's let's rock from there. 
Uh, 100%. And it's, I thank you for everything you said. That's such an honor to hear that. And, you know, for me, (laughs) thank you. And for me, you know, a little more insight into that, you know, being protectors and sheepdogs and, you know, people that have that, it's, it's such an important need. It's the one right. It's the one inalienable right. It's the one capability we have that protects every other single right enjoyment way of life. You know, and I, I remember when I started trying to figure out how to develop content that would get people's attention. That's why I went into those tactical protection reviews where I'll pull real world violence and we'll talk about it. Um, because, you know, for gentlemen like us, getting the public to really see the value and understand these new threat packages that are out there, I think is, is so important, you know. So um, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the current uh, climate, especially after, I mean, the Afghanistan thing. Yeah. Let's lay a foundation for you. And you know me, uh, real quick and dirty, I, I retired from the Army 24 years ago as an Army Ranger, West Point Psychology Professor, Professor of Military Science. Uh, my my first book, uh, On Killing, half a million copies sold worldwide, translated into seven languages. It's uh, a Google Scholar says it's been cited over 3,000 times in scholarly research, which is really pretty amazing. And, uh, and, and in essence, it talks about the resistance to killing and healthy people. And it lays a foundation for us to understand here. People point some horrible crime and say, oh, that proves mankind is a killer. No, that's one in a million. You know, yeah. out of all the people in America today, third of a billion people, that's the one you heard about. Well, what about the other 330 million people who didn't kill today? You know, I mean, I mean, think about this. In a life of provocation, divorce, infidelity, layoff, traffic accidents, in a lifetime of provocation, less than one in a thousand people will even seriously attempt to take a human life. Explain that. Wow. Yeah. So most healthy members of our species is this kind of hardwired resistance against violence against their own kind, especially killing violence. When it comes down to it, we, we smash each other in the most harmless way. We don't go for the eyes. We don't go for the throat. We, right. we pound at each other in a relatively harmless way. Uh, the, the the males of, of uh, you know, with antlers and horns, they fight each other head to head. Uh, they're not trying to kill. If they were killing each other, then the, their territorial and mating battles, their, their species would go away, you know. Against wow. the other species, they go to the side, they cut, they gore. Piranhas sink their teeth and anything hits the water except other piranha. They fight each other. <laughs> so mankind has this resistance and there are those who don't have that resistance. And some of them are sheepdogs and some of them are wolves, right. depending on where they come from. But the thing to understand is that we can overcome that resistance. We're doing that with the video games with our kids in, in a not good way. We're doing that with some of the movies and TV shows we inflict on our children, and, and that's not good. And, and so my, my second book is on combat, and it really is the nuts and bolts of what we want our protectors to have. You know, that how could we have had 500 stinking years of gunpowder combat and not let people know that the shots get muted in combat, auditory exclusion, you know? Right. Well, uh, this book is, both these books on Marine Corps Commandant's required reading list after 20 years of war uh, on combat, last I heard is issued in the DEA Academy, issued in the Marshals Academy. And uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a book, I, every protector, if you could, I'd, I'd want you to pick this one up first to understand the nuts and bolts of what's going on out there. The whole sheep, the wolf, and the sheepdog thing 
came out of this book. So we did the Sheepdog Kids book. Outstanding. It's, oh, it's been fun. And it's deep. I mean, it's really deep. And the kids get it. But it's mostly about military and law enforcement sheepdogs, you know. And I, I do a lot of civilian work and a yeah. lot of work with the NRA and armed citizens. And Dave, what about all of us uh, uh, civilian sheepdogs? So we right. wrote my why mommy carries a gun yeah. outstanding i love it i love it that's outstanding if anybody carries a gun mom or dad grandma grandpa if i was going to carry a gun here's what we want the kids to know you know find a gun stop don't touch get an adult right. for your gun safety laws you know and the whole gun thing i i co-authored a book with glenn back new york times bestseller uh, uh, uh control it's about the best thing out there in gun control uh, it says, you know, Glenn Beck and I had a, and Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. I, I think I wrote <laughs> the book than he did. It gets his name on the front. But uh, he's a heck of a good guy. And this is the best book on the topic. You know, I've got all kinds of entries in peer-reviewed scholarly journals and stuff. But this, so books is where it's really at. And uh, Assassination Generation is talking about what's happened mm. to our what the media is doing. Uh, my two most recent books, uh, one is The Bulletproof Marriage. Uh, 90-day devotional, sheepdog and spouse, and we're really touching lives. It's been out for less than two years, closing out 400 five-star reviews. But in the end, my most recent book is the most important. You know, you and I share our faith background. Absolutely. And, uh, and it's on spiritual combat, 30 missions for victorious warfare. Wow. You know, in the end, we're in a battle against forces of evil. Yes. And and if you've been in this job long, you've, you've looked in the eyes of evil. Oh, yeah. You have a force for good on your side. It can be hard. So for those that know Grossman's stuff, you know, the next step is uh, to being a better warrior is this on spiritual combat. And, and that's kind of me and my background. But here's where it all comes together. Yes, sir. Things are bad right now. Uh, Byron, things are crazy bad. Oh, yeah. the, the thing to understand is the murder rate is being held down by medical technology. Hmm. So people try to tell us how bad the problem is in terms of the murder rate. Mm -hmm. without allowing for the docs saving ever more lives. It's like, it's like imagine some economist comparing minimum wage over time without allowing for inflation. <laughs> yes, okay. Well, we've got one good solid data point. A UMass Harvard study in a leading peer-reviewed journal uh, in the late 90s, it tells us between the 1960s and the 1990s, medical technology cut the murder rate to a third or a quarter would otherwise be. That is, wow. compared murders in the 60s to the 90s, you yeah. got to multiply by a factor of four. You know, if we were comparing minimum wage between yeah. the 90s, we'd have to multiply by pretty, you know, so adjust for, yeah. The leaps and bounds of life-saving technology since the 1990s is astounding. Tourniquets alone right. have a revolution in life-saving. Everybody should be carrying a tourniquet. And, uh, Absolutely. I bought a tourniquet. You save a crime victim's life. You prevented a murder. Right. So I was um, I was called to the White House as the president's roundtable on violent video games, and then the vice president brought me out, Vice President Pence, and I told him, you know, we have we have inflation-adjusted dollars. We need medically adjusted murders. Hmm. And, and and he said, well, what about the aggravated assault rate? And that's a good question. Yeah, that was that was my next question. Violent crimes and all oh, that. It's too easy to fudge that data. Hmm. Where do you draw that magic line between egg assault and simple assault? Every cop will tell you, we'll make the egg assault rate say whatever you want it to say. We'll just shift <laughs> that magic line, you know? Hmm. Dead 
dead. Murder, murder is good data yeah. for medical technology. Now, on the battlefield, we found out that number one preventable loss of life was bleeding out from extremities. Right. We gave everybody a tourniquet, taught them how to use it, and boom, prevented the number one preventable loss of life on the battlefield. Absolutely. But the no streets. So every cop's got a tourniquet, every EMS, every fire. If just 20 to 30 people a day across our nation of a third of a billion people are just 20 to 30 people a day, slap on a tourniquet, save a crime victim's life, we cut the murder rate in half. Wow. So I train, I train the fire and EMS in one of our nation's largest cities. They say, Dave, I guarantee you, 20 to 30 times a day in our city alone, mm-hmm. we slap on a tourniquet and save a crime victim's life. So it's much, much worse than it looks. To, to compare the murders between the 60s and today, we got to multiply by a factor of about eight. Wow. So, so with that said now, in 2020, the homicide rate exploded like nothing we have ever seen before. Really? Wow. I know it was high in the 80s. And oh, yeah. it kind of it dipped a little bit. Yeah, but, but that's <laughs> and then now it's just gone. Medical technology. For medical technology. It just kept on going up every year. Wow. The only difference is how much did it go up? So in 2020... Now, the official government report will come out in a couple of months. But every year we have good sampling data that, that hits it on the nose. And we know in 2020, homicides were up 37% annual increase. Now, the, the biggest annual increase we've ever seen was mm-hmm. 12.5% one time in the 1960s. Okay. So three times greater than they, we've ever seen. No. Allow for medical technology multiplied by a factor of about eight. Yeah. 20 times worse. 2020 was 20 times worse than anything we have ever seen. And 2021 is even worse. 2021 is just compound interest, icing on the cake, right. above right. and beyond 2020. So what that means to us, first and foremost, wrap your mind around it. 2020 was 20 times worse than anything we have ever seen in the increase in violence. Wow. And 2021 is all the data tells us so far is going to be even worse. So I think it's so important for people to understand that because it happens. You don't know it. You're at your house. You're going to your job and you can easily live in a bubble until all of a sudden you're faced with a situation. So that's why this conversation's boom, right? This conversation's so important. Well, you are not paranoid. It really is bad. <laughs> and you really do need to be ready. And I'm, you really do need to listen to what guys like you are telling people. Thank you. Uh, we need to take our skills. Now, I am I am my family's secret service. Right. If I got my clothes on, I got a gun on. Yes, and and, and I, I'm 65 years old. It, it's my prayer that I can do this for another 20 years. I grew up in the martial arts. I grew up in the army. But I... I I, I'm too old for an ass whooping. I go straight to the gun, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In court, I can say, look, I got a 64-year-old uh, handicapped wife. I'm a yeah. 65-year-old, 30% disabled veteran. You know, I, I, if it goes to hand, I, I go straight <laughs> to the gun, baby. Game over. Right? Right. But, but I am my family's secret service. And, and we, we need to be able to rise to this challenge. On top of that... We have a terrorist threat of enormous magnitude. Now, we know, everybody tells us, the current administration, that when we left Afghanistan, the terrorist threat went way up. Right. The Russians were in Afghanistan for 10 years. When the Russians left, they followed them straight home, a part of Russia called Chechnya. Hmm. 
give them pure hell. Oh, yeah. And they're going to follow us home. So yeah. the answer to this threat, well, we've known the answer. We've been, we, the Israeli model is armed, trained people everywhere. Exactly. Well, I love it. I people, love it. When I go to Israel, everyone's ready. Something happens. They're like white blood cells. Israel. We were Israel. You yeah. know, the French Indian War, the, the Revolutionary War. We are the people of the gun. Right. We have armed ourselves. We've carved it into the DNA of our nation. And yes. so what I tell you is rise to the challenge. You know, and, and I tell people, you know, have a hobby that reinforces your survival skills. Hunting, competitive shooting, airsoft, right. and uh, martial arts. But so good. Don't waste your time. They don't have time to waste. And, and I like to make fun of golfers. Uh, I tell them piss on golf. You know, real Americans go to the range. Uh, you know, golf, go, golfing is, is T-ball for adults, you know. I, I call shooting golf for men. <laughs> don't hate me, guys, but I do. Yes. And, and the golf course is a willful and deliberate misuse of a perfectly good rifle range, you know. So, right. Exactly. Well, to That's put And start hitting the range. Hit the gym. Hit the dojo and prepare. And we got to let people know right up front, first and foremost, how desperately bad the situation is. Right. Absolutely. No, that, that, that's amazing. I, um, I, I mean, I hadn't really thought about doing the numbers or the math and really understanding that, you know, the things that stand out to me, I mean, especially with the Afghanistan uh, situation, I mean, that's, that's a given, but what we did there um, just diplomatically and to all those people and to all those lives, that is a terrorist making factory. That is how you create terrorists, genuine, genuine people that have a genuine grievance with your nation and, and almost are kind of righteous in their, in their indignation. Um, and then, you know, to bring them here and, and, and all the different things that are going to happen, um, our borders are open. And then when you couple that with even the, the, the human trafficking epidemic that we're seeing, there are more <laughs> threats on a human right now. Go ahead. Wrap your mind around. This is the icing on the cake. Yes, sir. Interpersonal human aggression is the most psychologically toxic thing any human being will ever face. Mm. The DSM, the Bible of Psychiatry and Psychology, tells us when it talks about PTSD, it says anytime the cause of your trauma is human in nature, the degree of trauma is usually more severe and long lasting. So right. you think, is there a difference between these two scenarios? Scenario one, a tornado hits a house while you're gone, puts your family in the hospital. How do you feel about that one? Well, thank God they're alive. Can't, thank God they're alive. Can't control it. It is what it is. You know, nature, it's it's so, it's less, emo it's, it's emotional, but it's less like personal emotional. You know, it's a different feel. Criminals break into the house while you're gone and beat your family into a hospital stay. Now you feel about it. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, it's, yeah, it's a way different experience. So when we talk about violence, we're talking about, now don't cop a pity party here. Don't say we're all going to get PTSD. Don't, we, we don't want to set people up for failure. But the possibility of somebody physically assaulting you is without a doubt, psychologically provable, the most corrosive, toxic, destructive, psychologically disabling thing that could happen in a human being. Wow. And so that's all the more reason to be ready. Absolutely. And, 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 and we gotta we gotta belly up to the bar, prepare ourselves, train ourselves. So yeah. tell me what are you seeing out there with people rising to the challenge, tools that are available, 
things that I can pass on to my audience? Yeah, you know, I think the first thing is I was just doing some deep contemplation. You know, I was thinking about why would the average person really want to do this training or do training like this? Or I have this term I've been using uh, and I, and that I, that I'd like to say I came up with, but I've been using is the protector DNA. So me, I believe we have this very inbred, I could be a banker and someone walks in that bank and I'm going to be the guy, <laughs> you know, you know, and there's so many of our listeners are like that. And I love that. You know, so for those of us who have that protector DNA and we've always defended our brothers and sisters or people who can't defend themselves, we are, it's a very organic experience being part of the protector nation or following you or things like this is very natural. You know, it like feeds something in us actually. Um, and we can feel it. But I was thinking about for, for everyone, you know, the world will be safer when we can protect ourselves more effectively. And I was like, what is it really about? And I, the word that came to me by the grace of God was just integrity. You know, we go to work every day to provide for our families because that's the right thing to do. That's the integrous thing to do. You know, we do so many things, people that depend on us. We do these things because it's what we need to do. It's the right thing to do. If you don't do this, you're worse than an infidel. You know, that's what the, that's what the Bible says. So, you know, and when it comes to protection, this is another thing that when those people who have hired you or the people in your family look at you and look to you, to provide and protect, you've got to know how to do this to be in integrity, to be in right standing, to be righteous, really. It's not enough to be good anymore, you know? It's not enough to be good. And so that's really what I want to drive home. And Jordan Peterson actually mentioned it, you know, really got me thinking about it, but you can be as nice as you want, you know, but you've got to be able to protect. And that is part of being a mature adult that's in integrity with those who we need to protect and provide and provide safety and life for you know, resistance to killing that we talk about yes, uh, take it with a grain of salt appropriately but i'll tell you one place where it breaks down is when you see somebody attacking your family absolutely and and the most the most peaceful woman on the planet becomes a screaming maniac when somebody tries to steal her child right Understand that you have within you this capacity for violence. Right. It doesn't do any good if you haven't trained it right. ahead of time. Have you, can you yeah. give him a shot of pepper spray in the face? I mean, there's kind of a step up the continuum, you know? Right, Just right. One thing we can all start with, have a can of pepper spray and take Absolutely. a few test shots outside with it, you know, and make sure you're upwind, you know, take a few test shots and, and be confident. Just take a few steps, what I call it right. dog path the continuum between the sheep and the sheepdog. And there are no ultimate sheepdogs. There are all no ultimate sheep. We're all somewhere on that scale. Right. And we come further up that path. 100%. We avoid denial and embrace preparation. The opposite absolutely. of denial is preparation. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. What would you say about, so I run into folks sometimes that are like, you know, they're maybe intimidated to begin on the path to becoming a competent protector. You know, and, and I always say, you know, protection is more than just a job. It's a lifestyle. Like you, you cited earlier, you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, get hobbies that make you a more efficient protector. This is like the cheat code. This is, this is, this is the, this is the code guys, you know, but what would you say to folks, you know, um, that want to become protectors, um, and, don't realize that you can learn so much in the way of soft skills and the way you see the world and move through the world 
really, what would you say about the soft skills? Because I think that's a really huge deliverable that people maybe don't, they think they have to spend 10 years becoming a Kung Fu master. And it's like, I don't know. There's a lot you can do. And there's a lot of great books out there doing that. I, I never looked at it from that angle. Mm. You know, that there's a set of soft skills that you can embrace without yeah. going to hard martial arts, without carrying a gun. And, and it begins with awareness. It begins with, you know, keeping your back to the wall and being aware of what's going on around you. You know, right. if, you're, if you've got your head in the phone all the time, you know, then you lose. You know, what I do when I got to be in the phone, I put my back to the wall and I have the phone up here and hold it to me. Right. You know, Put your back to the wall and hold the phone up. Don't don't sit in a corner with your head down. You're you're saying you're screaming victim. Yeah. Right. So, so think about what you're doing. You know, keep your back to the wall. Be alert. To what's going on around you? You know, my wife's in the car or in the store. I'm sitting in the car, and I'm 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 reading my Kindle, and I I got the steering wheel right there, and I put it up on the hub of the steering wheel, and it rests against the wheel. And, and I'm reading with the Kindle up there, but my peripheral vision is turned on. I got the rearview mirror right there. I got the side mirrors there. And, and any motion, you know, automatically catches my attention. So, right. you know, you're in the car reading, but you've got that Kindle up here. You used to have a, back in the day, I had a paperback and I always put it right up there. And you've, you've got your, you know, and, and you're designed to catch motion. Right. And, peripheral vision anybody who comes in when she comes out of the store i see her immediately and i drive right up pick her up you know oh you're so good you saw me coming <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. i'm watching and, and so that's a soft skill right and it really involves uh, t taking that phone and, and putting your back to the wall and holding it in front of your face while you talk so that you've got your peripheral vision turned on when you turn your back you know that, that that's when the wolf strikes you know, there's a sucker, you know, waiting for me to come take it, get a quick kidney punch and take what you want and walk away. And you're writhing on the ground in pain and you've been you've been defiled. You've been attacked when all you had to do is turn around and put your back to the wall. Yeah, there's a great example of kind of soft skill type dynamics. Yeah, absolutely. No, and it, it really comes down to, I think, living a safer pattern of life, you know, if you really understand what to look for, you can read it, you can get the behavioral analysis and read body language. You can understand tactical positioning in your environment, like we were talking about. You can understand context. You start your risk assessment on your way in, like, okay, what time of day is it? It's the you know, it's late night. I'm going into 7-Eleven. What neighborhood am I in? Like you can start these things and you can live a whole safer pattern in life, dodge a lot of things, you know. Um, and, and this is just by learning from gentlemen like us online or reading books and just improving your software. Um, I think it's one of the best kept secrets because everyone wants to go to the range and shoot and get their, you know, karate chop and stuff. And I'm like, you know, in my professional life as a professional protector, we dodge so many things by just the pattern of life tactic. You know, Sun Tzu, uh, you know, 500 BC wrote the art of war. Yeah. Sun Tzu said. The greatest achievement was a battle you didn't have to fight. Absolutely. And and one of the commentators, 500 years later, I swear I'm not making up these names. His name is Sumu. 500 years later, one of the commentators, Sumu, said, mm -hmm. and I think he was sincere, then who will declare you brave? Who will declare you valorous for the mm -hmm. battle you avoided? And the mm -hmm. answer is, I do. You do. We do. Absolutely. To sidestep that incident, good yeah. for you. 
we, <laughs> we declare you valorous. We declare you wise and cunning and good right. for the value avoided. That's, yeah. you know, that, that's what it's all about. That's great, man. That's really good. I had a, I, I've mentioned this before, but it was one of probably my best um, implementations of really good soft skills as I was on the road. And I had, you know, I think I cut somebody off. I cut a guy off. I didn't see him. And he flies up next to me and he's yelling and he's cussing and I'm driving. And of course, you know, like if I got clothes on, I got a gun with me, you know, and, and, and I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this guy and, you know, I'm bigger and stronger than he is. He doesn't know it yet because he's just yelling at my window. And, you know, you can see that the two roads diverge in the, in the forest. So there's the ego and then there's, you know, the intelligence and, you know, even, you know, the grace of God, a more a higher a higher path. And I just remember looking at him and I just was like, Hey brother, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have cut you off, you know? And, um, let's have a nice day, man. Let's have a nice day. It's not worth all this. Sorry. And, yeah. Know. Hey, I apologize. And he looks at me and he's white knuckled and he, and then he just, and he, and he calms down and he's like, okay, okay. And I'm just thinking to my, I felt great. Yes. And it goes right into what you're saying. You know, it's like, and I knew it could have been a car full of a hundred people. I declare you wise. I declare you brave. I declare you valorous yeah. and worthy of honor. Right. That's yeah. that. That's the ultimate achievement. Thank you, you know, Sun Tzu, 2,500 years ago, greatest achievement. Got it. The battle you didn't have to fight. Right. And no one had to die. No yeah. one had to get beat up on the street. No one had to sue anybody. It just was like a little bit of humility, a little bit of social dynamics. You know, try to take the steam out of what it is that's upsetting him. You know, validate him. I totally get it. And then, boom, we all, we just had a good day. And it was an honor. And you had to defeat, I had to defeat myself in order to win that battle, which was the beauty of it. When that clicked, I was really, really, it's like, I got to pass this along, you know. I'll tell you another nugget. I'm, I'm in, the air, in the air all the time. So, uh, of course, we're all wearing masks. And we're well, yeah. in the airport. And masks can really empower violence. Masks can dehumanize the victim. They can create anonymity for the attacker. Oh, yeah. And everybody's uptight. They can't see your smile. They can't see. So I break through that barrier with thumbs up all the time. I get eye contact, give them a thumbs up. And, and it's amazing how much they appreciate that, that you've broken through that barrier, that you're just looking at them, you give them that thumbs up, and they're so grateful. Oh, Even yeah. if you don't have the mask on. You know, I was uh, I was at a at a, a gas station, uh, tanking up, and and about thirty feet away, there's two cars parked. Obviously, husband and wife, and a little three year old boy, and dad is giving the boy a counseling statement. You know, dad is talking to the kid. You know, and uh, and and he looks at me, and I can see. You know, he, I said, Look, I got kids, I got grandkids. You know, thumbs up. But he smiles and. And, and, and his face just lit up. Hey, he understands. He yeah. gets it. So I think we should be so quick with that affirmation. And that comes up. Yeah. Uh, even when you don't have the mask on, I'm beginning to realize the power of that. Exactly. So that gesture is your first response. It's a, you know, it's, it's a gesture of kindness. It's a gesture of understanding. You know, in, in, in certain parts of Europe, once upon a time, it was the same as giving somebody the finger. Okay. <laughs> but even in those places, it's yeah. true. Now they, they know I, what they mean. I, I was presenting in Spain about a decade ago. Yeah. And, and I gave somebody a thumbs up. And my Spanish is very, very poor. But I hear the guy say, 
That is not the Italian thumbs up. That's the American thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, translate for you. <laughs> That's awesome. See, <laughs> see. Yeah, no, and honestly, as a protector, even especially at, when I'm working as a professional protector, the smile is probably one of my most powerful weapons. Yes. Being yes. genial. Giving with people respect. I can't see your smile. Yeah, the, with the, that's the diff, That's why the thumbs up is so good. The thing about the mask is we, at a biological gut level, mm-hmm. you know, I saw a baby in the airport just, just the night before last. You know, I see him on smile and he smiles back. Yeah, the very awesome. first thing we learn is he sees my smile and I see his smile. They don't see your smile. Yeah. The mask stops that. That right. smile really is our best tool. And the mask has closed that. Or when you're further away, they can't necessarily see it, but they can see this. Yeah, so that's awesome. That mass dynamic, the smile is so important. That friendly right. smile is just our, our, one of our greatest tools. And I'll tell you what, it is one of the most attractive pieces of clothing or decor any human being could ever wear. It's a yeah. smile. Yeah. And that makes you attractive, desirable, and, and un, unthreatening. And, you know, you, you spend thousands of dollars on your decor. Yeah. And the best thing you can do is wear a smile. Absolutely. And, you know, as a black guy, you know, being growing up as a black guy, I remember really quickly when I would go into certain areas, if I sensed any friction, I would always be trying to show myself as friendly as possible. It's got me so far in life. It's ridiculous. And in terms of engineering an environment where if I know that I may have to be physical, I'm going to be showing myself friendly as much as possible so that if anyone does see what's happening, they are like, no, that guy was a good guy. He was open. He opened the door. He was nice to the lady, you know, da, 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 da. And I'm kind of socially engineering. I'm, I'm making deposits, positive deposits in people all deposit. the time. <laughs> you know, everything we do will be caught on camera. Just oh, yeah. everything, yeah. you know, for less than $500, you can buy a thermal imager to, to attach to your cell phone for another, bucks, you put it on a drone and yeah. it pitch darkness you can record record what's happening with the thermal imagery everything you do i don't care if it's absolute pitch darkness it's going to be caught on camera and you need to accept that right so you need to start making those deposits i'm going to steal that oh yeah that's 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 socially engineering your environment for protection for this guy and he waved to this person he gave that person up and, and, and uh, you know, just and leave that deposit behind you. This store I go to on a daily basis, they know me. I was going right. to, you know, call them by their name. And, uh, you know, they, they know you and leave those deposits behind you. And, of course, in the end, on a spiritual standpoint, that's our witness. Right. And the most important thing we do is win this battle spiritually. And the way we win spiritually is by is by saving people, not by hurting them. You know, Absolutely. lives, you know. But one of the areas I'd like to spend a minute talking about. Yes, sir. I think it's where I can do the greatest good to your listeners. Yes, sir. You're in the middle of a global epidemic of sleep deprivation. Really? And going to an online search, global epidemic of sleep deprivation. Boom. <laughs> Just overwhelmed by the data. The okay. video games, the cell phones, the text messaging. So understand this, that... Uh, Sleep deprivation makes you stupid. 18 hours without sleep and you have impaired judgment equal to point of weight legally drunk. 24 hours without sleep 
that. You have impaired judgment equal to 0.10 above legally drunk. Hmm. Nice wow. with the league. And you are psychotic. Any graduate of Army Ranger School, tell me about I was that. just about, <laughs> I was like, in the Marine Corps, we, we were school. all psychotic. <laughs> On the third day without sleep, we're hearing things and seeing things that are not there. You really and are. In the middle, we got people who do their job like some robot all day long. Then they play video games all night long. Then they go do their job. And then they play video games all night long. And now they're in their third day without sleep. And I can tell you for a fact, you will hear things and see things that are not there. So here's the key. Sleep deprivation is one of the greatest predictors of suicide. A sleep deprived soldier can be up to five times more likely to take their life. Wow. Taking your life is not a natural act. Right. Every living organism will, will fight to the last gasp for their life. To willingly, to willingly take your own life takes profoundly impaired judgment. That's Alcohol right. and suicide have always been related. Alcohol creates impaired judgment. You make a bad decision, never a chance to rethink it. But the most pervasive form of impaired judgment is this epidemic of sleep deprivation. So here's parenting 101 for the 21st century. When you send your kid to bed at night, take their cell phone away from them. <laughs> yeah. Locked up in the room, no cell phone in the room, they got to go to the room and sleep. Yeah. So he came up to me during a break in one of my uh, one of my presentations. He said, uh, he said, I had a good girl. She was an A student. She said, Dad, it's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. I take my cell phone every night. You can trust me. So that's yeah. why I trust her to keep her cell phone. A little while later, she took her life. My little girl took her life. And he said, we never knew the hell she was living in until we looked at the text messages on her cell phone. Night after night of ceaseless, relentless, vicious bullying. And they can't just ignore that stuff. We're not wired that way. He said it was heartbreaking. You could see her up all night long, night after night, trying to defend herself, trying to find somebody to stand up for. So he said, I understood my little girl was bullied to death. What I didn't understand until now, she was sleep deprived, tormented, and bullied to death in front of my eyes. And I let it happen. He said, I can't ignore that text message in the middle of the night. How can we expect our kids to? Right. He said, the one thing on earth I could have done for my little girl was take her cell phone every night, let her turn off all the bad stuff in this world. Yeah. Who's going to be your mommy? Who's going to make you get that sleep? So understand that sleep deprivation is a key factor in suicide. The, okay. the docs tell us it is a major factor and it is the most remediable factor. It is the one you can do something about, boom, right now. Oh. Good night's sleep can make, just change the world. Awesome. Sleep deprivation is a key factor in traffic deaths. Now, oh. decade after decade, we brought traffic deaths down, airbags, seatbelts, medical technology. And now, for the last decade, everywhere, traffic deaths are back up again. Wow. And the new factor is sleep deprivation. We know that, that sleep deprivation and alcohol are the two major factors in traffic deaths. You know, I had uh, I, I had three teenage boys. Now that I got perfect sense. <laughs> that one makes perfect sense. Yeah. But now I got teenage grandchildren. Mm -hmm. My little grandson just went off to college. He's now in his second year of college. He's heard my class many times. Mm -hmm. And he went off to college, and my gift to him was sleep masks. Two mm -hmm. of the best that the best rated ones on Amazon. He's heard my class. It's, it's important to sleep. 
but sleep in a totally dark room. Oh, okay. Body, your body produces melatonin, and melatonin is a neurotransmitter that makes us sleep. Mm-hmm. And you can only produce melatonin in the dark. So if you're not in the dark, you're you're not getting good quality sleep. Now babies were babies are sloshing with melatonin. Babies can sleep anywhere. Yeah. As we older and older, the body produces less and less melatonin. Wow. By the time we become teenagers, it becomes very important that they're sleeping in a totally dark room. And if you combine it with a, you know, a, a dark room and, and a sleep mask, that sleep mask is one of the best gifts you will ever give yourself. Yeah, I mean, I'm considering it now. I'm going to hop on Amazon or something. Now. One more minute of sleep. Yeah. You will get quality sleep if you do it in the dark. Okay. And I mean, I'm a huge science geek. My favorite website is sciencedaily.com. Major study in the sleep lab, totally dark room, bathroom light is on, and the door is shut. The light coming under the crack of the bathroom door is enough light to stop your body from producing the melatonin that you need. You you will rock your world with that sleep mask. Okay, good to go. You're in hotel rooms every night. Uh I can never make it completely dark. There's always, you know, especially during daytime. Light or some little thing they won't let me unplug. Find it with that sleep mask and it will rock you. I mean, you go on, go to Amazon, look at the best rated sleep mask, order a couple, and you'll rock your world starting now. Good to know. Sleep in the dark. The, uh, so, so, uh, so anyway, I had teenage boys. Yeah. And I'm sure that they all had their seatbelt buckles. And we didn't have a lot of resources in those days, but I made sure they all had cars with airbags and two out of three tested those airbags. Yeah. They ever told me the most important thing was to make sure they had a good night's sleep before they got behind the wheel of a vehicle. Wow. Yeah. You know, I would let them, I would let them okay, Saturday night, Friday night. Yeah. Night long, you know, have a, have a slumber party. And then the next morning, what did they do? Hop in the car. And they've been up for over 24 hours and they go get something to eat. No, time out. I'll be your driver. I'll be your designated driver. But getting behind that wheel when you're sleep deprived is the same as getting behind the wheel when you're drunk. Now, we need to understand that. We need to to guard our sleep, protect our sleep. So three major killers have exploded worldwide. Suicides, traffic deaths, and opiate overdoses. And why opiates? You know, prescription. It's, it's like it's along the, in the same vein as the sleep, man. Rest. Sleep deprivation creates chronic pain. The muscles and tendons never get a chance to fully relax. Wow. Doctor, all the time, give me a pill. In fact, you don't need a pill. You need more sleep. Yeah. And you knock off the caffeine shortly after lunch because the caffeine is stopping you from getting deep cycle sleep. The deep cycle sleep is magic stuff. That's okay. what. Tendons and muscles fully relax. That's when we heal. That's when the brain flushes all the neurotransmitters out. And if you never flush those neurotransmitters out, that's that's that lays a foundation for 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 dementia and and Alzheimer's. That's just you know. so so this 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 sleep deprivation is the critical factor in opiate overdoses. Why are suddenly opiates the drug of choice? Mm. It's the critical factor in suicide and traffic deaths. Three major causes of death have exploded. And another one that's coming up and running is Alzheimer's. Mm. And without a doubt, sleep deprivation, especially lack of deep cycle sleep. Mm. There's overwhelming research, major study last year, 
lack of deep cycle sleep may be the single greatest predictor of Alzheimer's. And, and caffeine stops us from getting deep cycle sleep. You cut off that caffeine shortly after lunch. And yeah. it'll get quality sleep, sleep in a totally dark room. Uh, you know, and one of the things I tell people, it's really important, no yeah. more than one drink on the way to bed. Nothing wrong with a beer or, or, a, or a, a glass of wine on the way to bed. Right. Now, if I were king and everybody listening, I could give you a gift. Mm. I think I'd give you the latest Fitbit. Now, the Fitbit, it'll, it'll track your heart rate, and that's important. It'll track your steps, your calories, but it will track your sleep. That's huge. And, and so there was a major study on which did the best job of tracking sleep, and the Fitbit came out on top. Okay. And, and so wear that Fitbit, pound down four beers, and go to bed. And go to bed. <laughs> you will fall quickly into a shallow sleep. You wake up later, and you can't get back to sleep. Don't yeah. use alcohol to put yourself to sleep. No more right. than it makes you sleep worse, so much worse. You know, right. I mean, it's yes. Yeah, I, I've I've learned that one, man. I I I, and here's know, I really don't mess with it anymore. I don't have time to do any of that. <laughs> one more key, and it's it's a key. You'll like this. Mm. Don't touch the snooze alarm. Oh yeah, I'm not. Touching. Snooze alarm is an evil little button that makes you relive the worst part of every day over and over again. Wake but it up. The snooze alarm. But, but here's, here's the key. You're, are you in charge of your body or is your body in charge of you? Exactly. Is the first act of every day to surrender to your body, hit the snooze alarm? Right. Or is the first act of every day to take charge, roll out of bed? I tell people, set your cell phone for 10 alarms, right? Six o'clock, six o'clock, six o'clock, six o'clock. By the time you turn them all off, you're up. Yeah, and man. Go to bed at night. Oh, yeah. Wake up in the morning, get the heck out of bed. Yep. This, this is really, you're doing actual harm to your body with this news alarm and your sense of dominance of your body, your sense of self control oh, yeah. is being destroyed every time you hit that news alarm. Yeah. So no. you know, there's a, a nugget that we can give to our protectors right now is management. And, uh, and, and if you run with that right now, it, it'll rock your world, I guarantee. Outstanding. Takes more control over your life for sure. Can you walk us through kind of the, you know, for those who haven't experienced violence, you know, what kind of changes do people have experienced in their body, That's you know, really, flooding and how to maybe deal with some of those things, you know? Sure. Let me and think about it like this. Our body divides into the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. Now the SNS, sympathetic nervous system, we used to tell, I was a West Point, you know, psych professor, right? We tell our cadets, think of your body like a military unit. Mm. Sympathetic nervous system, these are the guys in the front lines with the rifle. And the parasympathetic nervous system, these are the cooks and clerks and bakers. These are the maintenance guys, right? So and when you sleep at night, your unit's on stand down. You're asleep. You're in maintenance mode. You wake up in the morning, hit what we call homeostasis. Got some guys in front lines with the rifle, maintenance guys doing their job. You go to sleep, right? Stand down, wake up in the morning, you're rocking on, and somebody tries to kill you. Boom. <laughs> Synthetic nervous system arousal. I mean, 25% of all the veterans of World War II would admit that they messed themselves at one time or another in intense combat. Wow. And when one veteran said, well, all that proves the rest are more liars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, we're talking about... Sympathetic nervous system arousal, digestion, yeah. you don't need no stinking digestion, blows up. It's time to fight or run. 
if you have a load in the lower intestines, it's going to go. And yeah. and well, people are devastated by that. I, I I talk to EMS and fire and emergency. Yeah. I tell people, you tell them that's your body's natural response. It happens right. all the time. Don't worry about it. So this this sympathetic nervous system arousal is incredibly powerful. And then there's a backlash. Now, this is sometimes called the four Fs, fight or flight, feed and breed. The four Fs, right? Fight or flight, yeah. feed and breed. So the, uh, the, the, yeah, the fourth F, it's, it's, I think it's <laughs> <laughs> connecting dots. <laughs> it's coming together. Right. Another four-letter word. But, right. uh, but uh, this, this business of the, of the parasympathetic backlash mm-hmm. after a stressful event, a lot of people gorge themselves. Right. And a lot of people have really intense sex. And there's mm-hmm. nothing. That makes sense. It's a biological backlash. Even victims of crime yeah. find themselves grasping for affirmation and they see this backlash and they think there's something wrong with them. Yeah. They're a victim. And then is this promiscuity? No, it's it's just a body's natural craving for life in the face of death. It's wow. a craving for closeness in the you know, and, and so this pair, you know, we talk about <laughs> but this is more than just that. This is powerful and it scares people. Mm. Nothing wrong with them, you know. I just, I just was this horrific incident, and then I go home, and and both sexual partners are incredibly invested. Not just the one that was in that life and death event, but yeah. the other one that's helping you respond to it, and, wow. and it's very intense. And so, what what I tell my protectors, you know, I tell my sheepdogs is that not a whole lot of perks that come with this job. You find one, <laughs> enjoy it, you know, enjoy it. Off duty, wait. It'll still be there. I promise. You know? yeah. But that's that biological roller coaster, right? Fight or flight, feed and breed, and, and that backlash that happens. Well, in a nutshell, PTSD, you think about it, you talk about it, and you go on that roller coaster right again. Mm-hmm. That is not PTSD. It's normal. It becomes PTSD when you try to not think about it. Um, you will yeah. drive yourself crazy trying to not think about it. What you got to do is separate the memory from the emotions. Mm-hmm. And so the tool that we use is a swig of water. Hmm. Telling you that you, nothing will pull you from fight or flight to feed and breed faster than a big swig of water. Mm-hmm. There go. Yeah. Cheers. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's serious. Now, I, um, a friend of mine is one of our nation's leading therapists for federal agents. Wow. And he uses the water bottle thing. You know, we, we do debriefings or one-on-one. Everybody's got a bottle of water in front of them. Yeah. Whenever somebody becomes emotional, they stop and take a swig of water. Wow. So this lady said to me, she said, six years of college, mm-hmm. 14 years of practice, and that stupid bottle of water is doing more good. In the <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, I love it. Simplicity. <laughs> Let's say you're getting a, a witness statement from a victim of a crime. Yeah. If the individual becomes emotional, A, you don't need all that drama, but B, they're moving down the path of mental illness. They're starting to associate the memory with the emotions. Mm-hmm. Put a bottle of water in front of them. Crack the seal in front of them. First, the power of a gift. You put a bottle of water in front of them. Huge. Anytime they start to become emotional, they come stop and take a swig of water. Nice. A, you're getting that calm, rational state that you need. B, you send them down the path of mental wellness. You're mm-hmm. teaching them from the very beginning to separate the memory from the emotions. 
to right. talk about it without going on that roller coaster ride again. Now, one other trick that is really taken off worldwide, I was training a major spec ops unit and the master sergeant who was my host, his wife was an emergency room psychiatrist. And she told him about something sweeping through the ER around the world. You got a meth head or a crackhead tearing up your ER. You know what they do? They mm -hmm. grab a bag of M&Ms, rip it over, shove this guy's face. Would you like some M&Ms? And in most cases, completely diffuse the situation. Yeah, he's like, you know what? That this, okay, fine. <laughs> he said, you know, I'm your typical DI. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, right, right. He said, I blew this off. Now, this kind of guy, carry gun off duty, kind of guy you want to. Yeah. He's two different times. I'm off duty, right, with my wife. I'm armed, and I think we're going to have to draw the gun and fight for our lives. Mm. Both times, my wife reaches in her purse, grabs a bag of M&Ms, rips it over, shoves the guy's face, which likes some M&Ms, and completely defuses the dynamic. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Now, yeah. You know, what do you got to lose kind of things? You know, it's yeah. like that smile, except a step further. Hey, right. man, have some M&Ms. You know? <laughs> I, can't, I can't continue right now. And what's even better? Reach out and take one yourself. <laughs> now, you see a meeting, and it brings them even further down this rest and digest, a parasympathetic dynamic. All right, wow. take one step further now. And this okay. is one of those. Right, So a cop came up to me during a break in a class. And he brought his partner and the vouch for the story. Such a wild story. He brought his partner and vouch for the story. Okay. And, uh, he said he and his partner called to an incident. And there's a naked guy in the front yard screaming and shouting and throwing things. And parents on the porch saying, don't shoot our kid. Don't shoot our kid. And two cops saying, what are we supposed to do? Right. Yeah. Now, naked guys, naked guys usually mean there's something wrong. And usually what you're looking at is what's called excited delirium. Mm. Their body goes into overdrive. They're capable of great feats of strength. Exactly. Yeah, you always see these videos with the naked guys throwing three, four, five cops around and no one wants to fight them already because he's naked. You know, That's why they're naked. They're hot. They are actually metabolizing energy at a way that ordinarily you would never tap into. Right. They're That's why they're naked. Yeah, it's true. They're hot. That's exactly right. If you have a naked guy die on you, yeah. you have the paramedics take a temperature. Mm -hmm. If that guy's running a temp, something happened and you didn't do it. Yes. Yeah. It's excited delirium. We don't know. But the cop said, he said, I happen to have a Snickers bar in my hand. Mm -hmm. And that one, yeah. Hey, buddy, you want a Snickers bar? Huh? You want a Snickers bar? Huh? Yeah. Would you like a Snickers bar? Yeah. Well, follow me up your room. I'll give it to you. Let him up the room. Gave a sticker bar. Walked away. Was it excited to learn him? Would it work again? It's one of those, what do you got to lose kind of things. Yeah, yeah. For this protector community, that swig of water and that bag of M&Ms, those are things we should think about. And I had a guy tell me just recently, Yeah. He, you know, he said, uh, uh, I used to work at uh, at the deli in a in a grocery store. And and. People are, are really, they're, they're just rushed, they're hurried, they're not friendly, and they got to wait while you get things, you got to wait in line. It's amazing how rude and, and mean people can be. Right. So I said, every day when I went on shift, I'd grab a bag of candy, you know, like the little mini M&Ms or the little mini uh, Snickers bars or little mini bars. Oh, yeah, the little Halloween-sized ones you got to put the kids. And he said, and I'd put it on a jar 
on top of the counter, and I'd say, would you like to have some candy? And he said, it just transformed people. It just transformed them. Even if they didn't take it, the yeah. fact that it offered changed the way they viewed everything. He said, wow. one of the best investments I ever made. Think about those things that we can do to control them. And so we were talking about what happens in a life and death event. The yeah. shock muted. Tunnel vision. Bad guys have tunnel vision too. And lateral movement can take you right off the radar screen. So mm -hmm. the most common thing is you don't hear your shots. Second most common, tunnel vision. And remember that scanning breaks tunnel vision. Right. And if he's in tunnel vision, lateral movement can take you right off his radar screen. Yeah, or you can blindside him. Have to start doing this. And so the other things that are happening is memory gaps. Half mm -hmm. of all trained seasoned cops had blackouts. And, and about one out of five remembered something that did not happen. Memory distortions. So just recently, a cop came up to me. Now, things are crazy bad out there. The homicide rates exploded. Cops are in deadly force incidents 20 times more than anything we've ever seen before. Wow. But a, a young black officer, just an amazing sheepdog, amazing man. Awesome. He, said, he said, I've been in three deadly force incidents in the last two years. Wow. The last one, a guy with a knife charged me from three feet away. He said, I knew I was going to get cut and I was going to keep on fighting. Right. I knew I was going to get cut. This guy charged me. I, I, I shot him. He fell. And I remembered getting cut. I remembered blood on my hands. Mm -hmm. but there was no blood on my hands. There was mm -hmm. no blood. And, and, and he said, he got in a car with another cop, driving to the hospital to get him checked up on. He was good. But he asked the cop next to him. Is there, hey, man, is there any blood on my... No, man, there's no blood on your hands. Are, yeah. are, you, are you sure that... No, man, there's no blood on your hands. Yeah. This memory was so intense. Powerful. That in the face of no blood... No, and said, no man, there's no blood. He said, I thought I was insane until I heard you mention that in the class. Oh, man, wow. That's you know, powerful. Memory gaps, memory distortions, uh, you know, wow. Vision, autopilot. You don't rise to the challenge, you sink to the level of your training. Exactly. Get them. <laughs> but you know, we expect crazy things in the heat of battle. Right. It, you know, a noise goes off and you go on that roller coaster ride again that it scares you. It is not PTSD, but you want to separate the memory from the emotions. And the first tool you should use is that swig of water. Outstanding. Good to go. If if there's um anything or well, if there's anyone listening that's dealing with some PTSD and they are getting the, the emotion and the memories, you know, being terrorized by that. What would you say to that? Or what would you say to them? Anything I'd, I'd want people to know. I, I teach no pity party. Awesome. Don't, don't go into combat thinking you'll get PTSD. Right. Combat thinking you will be stronger. Right. You know, new greatest generation are rising up. Yeah. Uh, we, we, you know, Nietzsche said, brothers and kill us only makes us stronger. Nietzsche stole that from the Bible. Absolutely. Romans chapter five, 2000 years for Nietzsche, you know, we glory in tribulation, but tribulation, right. patience, experience, hope, and hope make us not ashamed. But uh, for, I first, just said this on my story right before this, this podcast, I was like, I consider it joy by the grace of God when I go through trials and tribulations. <laughs> I stole that from the Bible. So oh, yeah. number one, you know, but if there is a problem, mm -hmm. yeah, no pity party and no macho man. It was an old detective 20 years ago said, said, Colonel, you tell these kids, don't try to be the macho man. I got in my shooting. 
was eating me up. I tried to macho it out. Right. After two years of hell, just before the divorce, my wife convinced me to get help. Two months later, it was all over. So right. the thing I want you to understand is we're darn good at treating PTSD. Yep. Whoever you're working with is, isn't helping, find somebody else. Yeah. But don't be satisfied until you're fully recovered. We're darn good at treating PTSD. We get better every day. And, awesome. and don't be satisfied until you're fully recovered and strong. It becomes post-traumatic growth. You know, that's what the Bible's talking about, post-traumatic growth. These Absolutely. things will make us stronger. And Pete, you know, the state of California has mandated that you talk in terms of post-traumatic injury. And I like that because okay. injury means you can recover. That's and good. Be stronger after the injury. Yeah. You know, really, when we pump iron, we're creating injury. All of those, the yeah. tearing, all those things, and then they grow back stronger. Absolutely. So, so post-traumatic injury, and it will turn into post-traumatic growth. Right. And Truly, truly, don't hesitate to get help. One of the good tools we have out there is called EMDR, Eye Movement Desensitization. Yeah, I've heard about this. It, it sounds crazy, but here's what's happening. Now, you think about it, and the midbrain, the, the amygdala and all that dog, I call it the puppy brain, hijack. Every time you think about it, the puppy comes for a visit, right? Yeah. Ah, lights up. The visual stimulus. And you got to do this as somebody who's fully qualified. You're following that visual stimulus. The puppy's busy. The yeah. midbrain can only do one thing at a time. Yeah. So while the puppy's chasing that ball out front, while your eyes are following that visual stimulus, mm -hmm. you can talk about it and think about it without the puppy coming to visit. And oh. you can begin the process of separating the memory from the emotions. Hmm. So that's, that's why EMDR is working. And, and, you know, just like that swig of water, separate the memory from the emotions, you know, and, and yeah. things like that. Uh, uh, there, there's things we can do. You know, actually really help people. That's awesome. To say when the world hands you bad stuff, you know, it, it, the only thing you can control, you can't control what that person did. Right. You can control how you responded. Absolutely. And, 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 and if you give way to bitterness or cynicism, or, or, or that's one thing you can control. We right. don't like that's not always that easy. I'll give you an angle now. I, I am by almost any definition. America's number one law enforcement trainer. I, I, for 24 years, I've been on the road 200 days a year. Uh, they know me. I, I'm the only trainer post-certified in all 50 states, every federal agency. All oh, 50 states. Wow. <laughs> Outstanding. And, and, yeah, but, you know, uh, the defund the police people. Yeah. The public enemy number one. Yeah. I, get, I get threat letters. I posted some on my, on my LinkedIn page. I posted some of these... Uh, these threat letters I got from these people. God bless them. Send me a letter like that. They want to, to make me feel bad. Mm -hmm. I feel bad. They win. So whenever I get something like that, I've got a little box of chocolate bubble cherries. Yeah. And I save them for special times. Special. Like, <laughs> we get a little dopamine real quick. <laughs> and, 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 and they say, well, we told you what an evil person you are. And yeah. you got the cover, Jerry. That's right, man. Who wins My rules. <laughs> Who wins out? <laughs> Love it. That's good. So what you do, it's kind of mental, mental jujitsu. It's, it's mental yeah. jujitsu. They do something to try to harm you, and you turn it into something good. That's, That's the you can control is how you respond. You yeah. can't control what other people do, but you can control what's in here. 
100 percent they miss evil and turn it into good yeah absolutely and the meaning you give it is everything good lord you know i um and then well for this upcoming protector symposium you're talking on the bulletproof mind and i can't wait to hear what you have to say on that would you mind giving everyone just a little overview little sneak peek of what they're gonna get everything we've done now the bulletproof mind is a full day everything we've done are segments out of the bulletproof mind the M&Ms, the breathing. We didn't cover the breathing. It's really a terribly important tool. You know, the, the chocolate-covered cherry, the, the swig of water, you know, the, the, the tunnel vision and the memory distortions. I just gave you a one-hour condensed version. It, wow. it's, really, it's really just like, the, like you said, it's a, you know, it's an it's a eight-hour movie, and I just gave you the, the, the highlights. Right. The, the movie is dynamite. You know, and for all of you, who are interested in that protector conference, uh, I think you'll find your time very well spent. You know, I get the highest student evals of any instructor over and over and over again. I, you'll, I, I use a method of instruction. I, I don't use PowerPoint. I use a document camera. I use my easels. And it's moving left and right, up and down. It's dynamic. It's humor. And, uh, and, and, and it works. So, uh, you know, it's a great opportunity to let all the protectors out there know about this symposium and 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 get the word out uh, that they can come and catch the whole bulletproof mind and 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 really the truth is everything I just told you yeah. is out of the presentation. You'll say, hey, I remember Grossman mentioned that. Hey, he talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> More detail. We'll we'll cover it a little better. Right. Uh, and there's much 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 beside that that we'll talk about that really bring it all together. I love it. I love. I I really value understanding how to not really hijack, but how to put your body into a more effective state. You know, we've talked about that multiple times during this uh, conversation. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I've got, I've got like my supplements right next to my bed. So I got a little shot glass with all of them and I just slam all my multivitamins and everything, slam some water and I just hijacked my body. We're going up, you know. I'll tell you something else. Yeah. Is, is the number one supplement that I recommend. As we get older, the body produces less and less melatonin. Start with three milligrams, just a little baby dose of three milligrams when you go to bed. Yeah. It will help you get better quality sleep. But also, uh, I'm, I'm big on the health and longevity stuff. And it looks like it. <laughs> You're still here. You got all this energy. But, you know, uh, and, uh, and the research tells us that melatonin might just be a little fountain of youth out there. Uh, in, in yeast and worms and mice, uh, research all has demonstrated melatonin can increase our life expectancy by about 10%. Well, my wife says, good, all worms your body will live 10% longer, you know? Thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, I think to start on wellness, sleep key mm-hmm. and melatonin is a key. And even when we do sleep in a totally dark room, the body just produces less and less melatonin as we get older and older. And, and it's it's a dirt cheap supplement. You can buy it anywhere. Start with a little baby dose of three milligrams. I'm, I'm as I get older, I'm picking ten milligrams now, and uh, and and see if it doesn't help your sleep. And understand, even if it doesn't have any obvious impact, I think the data is there that from a longevity standpoint, that's where you can begin. And that's melatonin. M E L A T O N I N. Uh, and, uh, and, and it's one of those things that, you know, you're good on the supplements. You begin the morning. I got a pile in the morning, yeah. pile in the evening. And, and we need to do that. Tap into the yeah. latest science. Make your body. Right. 
And I, I think I think people don't realize the power of doing something physical in order to get your mind and your internal state where it needs to be. Like you were talking about with the take a sip of water, all these little habits. These are like kind of hacks. These are like codes to get yourself where you need to be to do what you need to do um, to be most efficient and effective. You know, and I think that's awesome. I, I feel like a lot of people struggle because in their minds, they like try to will it that way or wish it that way. And they don't change their physiology or the conversation or their focus. And they, they just sit there and kind of run in place, you know, and so it's, oh, it's good. Mind and body is interlinked. Absolutely. Know? All the things we can do, you know, this starting with the snooze alarm first thing in the morning, you know, rolling up and, uh, you know, and, and, and having the proper supplements in your body, you know, and, and, and counts. set of supplements for sleep. There's so much we can do. Absolutely. What would you say? Um, what would you say? I always like to ask this question at the beginning, but I now that we're in the closing questions, <laughs> it's coming back to me. But um, who who's the man behind all the work, man? You've done such amazing work, you know, and made such amazing contributions. You know, who are you at your core, really? Well, you know, uh, have, you, have you ever heard of the, the uh, uh, imposter syndrome? Mm, yes, sir. The idea is that all of us feel like we're an imposter. Mm. You know, am I am I am I really a world class bodyguard, or am I just faking it? You know, I'm just a dude. You know, <laughs> am I just a grunt like a marine that just found myself here? That's funny. Unless you're an, an, an unrepentant narcissist. Exactly. I was about to say, unless you're on the other side of the spectrum. All of us have got a little bit of that imposter syndrome. You know, here's yeah. all the books and all this stuff. And yet, you know, the truth is that you're it's somewhere inside. I'm just me. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, Hi, I'm just, I'm just doing the best I can. <laughs> it, it, how do I end up here? You know, and it, am I going to be able to fool everybody again today? Yeah. So you need to understand that every human being is insecure. Hmm. The ones who could admit they're insecure are a little more secure than the others, right? right. Yeah, <laughs> powerful ones. You know, when, when, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a dad. I'm a grandpa. You know, I'm, I'm a hmm. spouse, and uh, and uh, I'm, I'm a writer. You know, with uh, you know, yeah. when you put it all away, we're just people doing the best we can, right? And in, there's something inside of all of us that says, you know, you're you're faking it. You're not good enough. Well. You know, in the end, I, I'm a, I'm a sheepdog under the authority of the Great Shepherd. Outstanding. And, and he tells me, you know, I, that, that I'm good enough. The world yep. tells you I'm good enough. The world tells you that uh, you're a failure. The world tells you you'll never be loved. You'll never be good enough. Yeah. But but he loves us. Yeah. And in the end, you know, I I I uh, I hope to fight the good fight for another 20 years. I got books in the pipeline. But my latest book is on spiritual combat. I'm a child of God. And if, if he called me home tomorrow, I'd have nothing to complain about. Now <laughs> this book out, you know, because uh, in the end, you know, that's what it's all about. And eternity is it, a million years is statistically nothing compared to eternity. Right. Eternity is so vast, so huge yeah. that, that it, a million years is nothing. So mm -hmm. when we talk about eternity, we realize that all the things in this world are secondary to our relationship to God and are, are bringing other people to the knowledge of that salvation. Right. And so when, when it's all peeled away, I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm just a sheep dog under the authority of the great shepherd. And, and you know, I, I, we're going to be God's children. He's going to embrace us like the prodigal son. Mm. I, I, right now, 
it's all I can do to think about being dogs, God's faithful dog. Yeah, I just want to be God's <laughs> yeah. dog. She's a chocolate lab, and her, her specialty is finding chocolate. I mean, okay. <laughs> you're a closet apart to find a three-year-old chocolate kiss that's in the water, and, and she will lab test it. And when I take her outside, if she's off the leash, she's in the neighbor's yard right now. Yeah. And she's rolling something stinky as soon as she gets a chance. But I still love yeah. her. Yeah. I, I don't reject her because of these things, you know. Right. But no. God sees every bad thing we do. Mm-hmm. And he just like like we love that dog. 100%. And, yeah. and so, you know, I, all, all I can handle right now is just be God's faithful dog. And all we have to give him is our love. And that's good because that's all he asks. That's yeah. all he asks. And uh, and he accepts us the way we are, and we we strive to be better. And and uh, so I, in the end, when you when you ask the question, you get the answer. I'm, I'm a child of God, and, uh, yeah. and I know who I belong to. And one day, the sheep dog will finally rest at the feet of the great shepherd. And we yearn to hear those words, "Well done, thou good and faithful and servant." Faithful servant. Wow. <laughs> oh, outstanding! That's a beautiful place to end it. Yeah. Um, you know, amen to that. I mean, the last question is, what are you up to these days, and where can people find you? Well, you know, I, I generally keep people uh, uh, sort of in touch on LinkedIn. I will post this podcast on LinkedIn. Outstanding. And, uh, and we should be able to get you some good folks. And and I, I just, about once a week or so, I, I've got a, some pretty well vetted. I've got about 27,000 reasonably well vetted people on LinkedIn. There's probably some some Antifa spy in there looking yeah. at my story. <laughs> yeah. Out a lot of them. And they're all pretty good people. And, uh, and so LinkedIn, my Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman on LinkedIn, uh, just, just, you know, just link to get connected with me and I'll accept you. And, uh, and, uh, and I'd be honored to have, have people on board. And I send out little nuggets about my books and about other things. Right. We don't talk much about where I'm going to be speaking because then the defund the police people come and protest it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're out there. Battle right now. We're just in stealth mode right now. We're ninja, ninja stealth mode right now. We we get the word out within those channels, law enforcement channels, protector channels. Right. Not within that that forum. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I've got a lot of I've got five books in the pipeline right now. And uh, and you know, I've got a dozen out already and and some of them have really done well. And yeah. that's keep people informed you know about about what's coming down the pike and so linkedin it pretty much says it my my website is killology.com right. you know one of the things that that the attacker has been saying you know they said well this guy's it's killology well criminology is not about teaching people to be criminal yeah i know right <laughs> Killology is not about teaching people to kill it's about right. understanding the factors that enable and restrain killing but my website is killology.com Mm-hmm. links to a bunch of my stuff there but uh yeah. in general it's in my books and, and and my face or my linkedin page i've, I've got some announcements periodically you know and i think i think it's just so important i think the the information the body of work you know that you've done is so important someone had to go into the the abyss you know go into the belly of the beast and understand these things for the greater good of humanity you know so you've been created by you know, God, for such a time as this, man, to do this work. And it's awesome. Is, right? Esther, you know, that's what we tell yeah. people. You see, yeah. You're not God's puppets. Right. Just, no. God permit this to happen. Well, well, we're not his puppets. He gave yeah. us free. And that means bad things happen. Well, well, I want God to do something. He did. He sent you for just a <laughs> you know, I want God to do something. He did. He sent you. You, you're at the body. 
And and the final line, and my, my maybe a favorite of all, and you understand when you say, you know, for such a time as this, the word of God is alive and powerful. Right. These magic, real magic words with real power. You're mm-hmm. tapping into God's power. You're tapping into the power of his word. You're sharing it between us and you're uplifting each other. And so I close you out in response to your kind words as iron sharpens iron. Yes, sir. It says as one man uplifts another, so does as iron sharpens iron, so does one man uplift another. And and I am a product of everybody out there like you, you know, and and, and we sharpen each other daily. And uh and when we say iron sharpens iron, we're calling for God's supernatural power on our relationship. We say iron sharpens iron, we're we're calling that after his blessing upon us, and we're we're saying that it's a two-way street, and 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 at the same time we're 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 saying that we're part of something bigger, and uh, and we 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 ask that blessing on you. So uh, iron sharpens iron, brother. Iron sharpens iron, sir. Thank you. I love it. Boom. Yo, what up? I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Hey, listen, in order to get more out of the brand, I want to encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at protectornation.com. We post different types of content on our different platforms at different times. Uh, You'll get blog posts, you'll get videos, you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that. So stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand. In order to support us, also go to protectornation.com and buy something or join forces with me on Patreon. You'll scroll down the homepage and you'll see the link. Uh, anything you can give counts, you know, think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on McDonald's this month, five bucks a month, whatever it is. Uh, that helps. That helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous. Anyways, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. And I'll see you on the next piece of content, whether it's a video or podcast out. <laughs>